Good morning, Mayor. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim, according to the Chinuch, contains 53 mitzvos, 23 positive mitzvos, and 30 restrictions. And it is such a rich parsha. Not only do we have at the very conclusion of the parsha some additional information as to what took place prior to the giving of the Torah, as found in last week's parsha of Yisro, including the statement of Naseh Venishma, which the Jewish people recited at that time, including the fact that the Jewish people undergo conversion at Sinai, the source of our extending conversion throughout the millennium, you have among these 53 mitzvos the basis of the Bava Bavakama, Bavabasra, laws of Nizikin, damages, and so much of our civil law is based upon Parshas Mishpatim. The Parsha begins as the opening word tells us, Ve'ele HaMishpatim, and these are the laws that Hashem tells Moshe, Ashetosim Lifnehem, that literally are to be, to be placed before the Jewish people. And Rashi teaches the very important teaching that the Vav, which is translated and, and these are the laws, comes to teach us that this is Mosif. This is coming to add and continue of that which we had previously, namely in last week's parsha of Yisro, the Ten Commandments. And therefore we are taught that Mahorishonim Sinai, just as that which we had last week, the earlier laws, the Ten Commandments, are from Sinai, so too these commandments that the Torah is about to teach in Parshas Mishpatim are from Sinai. So at first glance, what this is teaching me is that one might have thought that these laws, which are primarily for the smooth running of society, that perhaps these laws would be, quote, man-made. No, these laws as well are divine and come from the same source. Now, I'd like to give a few indications thereof, and then if there's time, share with you a few practical cases that maybe you can discuss at your Shabbos table this evening. However, before we get there, what does that mean? That just as last week's Ten Commandments, so too these 53 mitzvos are from Sinai. So I'd like to suggest that on 
another level, what it means is that just as the Jewish people knew for sure at Sinai that it was Hashem, God Himself, who communicated and revealed Himself to the Jewish nation, so too these laws, He, Hashem, is involved in the process. And so you have the famous teaching in the opening part of the parsha, right after the Evid Ivri, where the Torah speaks about if someone kills someone else, depending on the circumstances. So in Pasuk 13, the Torah says that Vashelot Sadah, someone killed somebody, but he did not lie in ambush or wait for him, but rather for Elohim in Oliado. God brought it about, caused it to happen literally to his hand. And Rashi brings that famous case. We know that according to Jewish law, if somebody kills intentionally, if there were witnesses and there was warning, a hasra'a and Adim, there was warning, there was witnesses, then that person is subject to capital punishment. And if somebody kills by accident, once again, if there are witnesses, that person would go to the Ir Mikla, the city of refuge. So Rashi tells us of a remarkable situation where I have a Mr. A who killed intentionally. Bemazed, but there were no witnesses to see this, to warn him or to see it. A Mr. B who killed accidentally, and in his situation as well, there were no witnesses. So Mr. A was not executed, and Mr. B did not go to the city of refuge. What does Hashem do? Hashem brings them to a place where they are together. They each have different reasons for going to a particular resort. The two of them meet and say, hey, how about a game of tennis? And they're having an enjoyable game, and the ball, which happens to be their only one at the moment, goes on top of a roof, there's a ladder, and so the one who killed accidentally, he says, hey, friend, do me a favor, I'm going to go up the ladder, you hold the ladder so I don't fall, and I'll get the ball. And we have plenty of people watching this. Well, the fellow climbs up the ladder, loses his grip, falls down on the gentleman who is holding the ladder at the bottom, who had killed previously intentionally. The one who falls, falls down on the fellow at the bottom who dies as a result of the fall. The fellow at the bottom got what he deserved. He was of Misa. He was subject to the death penalty. And the one who fell now in front of witnesses killed him accidentally. He will go to the Ir Mikla. What's going on here? What's going on here is Ve'ele Hamishpatim. The Vav means that God is involved literally in the process. And so, in this case here, we can actually see Elohim Nitzav Badas Keel, the verse in Tehillim 82, doesn't only mean that God is in the presence 
of the judges, that he will assist them, that they have sayato deshmaya, that literally God is assisting them, but no, he's literally involved in the process. And Rashi, on the verse further on in this parsha, in the beginning of Hamishi, this is chapter 23, Pasuk 7. So the Pasuk says something, the second half of the verse, V'noki v'tzadik al tarog. Literally, do not kill one who is innocent or one who is righteous. Now my goodness, what does this mean? At first glance and at second glance, it doesn't make sense. Take a look at the long very powerful Rashi. And Rashi tells us the following, and that is that the halacha is the following. If we have somebody who was found to be guilty in Bezdin, and they are now marching him to the, uh, literally, to the place of execution, and someone comes running and says, wait a second, I have new information that will show the man is innocent. We bring everybody back and we reopen the case. However, if I have a situation whereby, and I require 23 judges, and I have a situation whereby 12 judges said innocent, and 11 judges said guilty, Okay, and so he's pronounced innocent. A moment later, somebody bursts into the courtroom and says, Wait a minute, I have new information to show that the man is guilty. We do not accept that person's information. Now, wait a second. You and I are going to look at each other and say, Is this the way you run a country? How do you let somebody off, quote, the hook, and maybe he is really guilty when this person says, I have information to prove his guilt. So the point is that when the Torah says, Kilo Atstik Rasha, the rabbis understand this to mean, and Rashi explains it so powerfully, Rashi says that Hashem is telling the Jewish people, Kindalach, leave it to me. If you should let him off, even if it's only with a decision of one judge, then don't worry. I am part of the judicial process, and literally, I will find the way of literally bringing that person to his execution. So vi'ele hamishpatim, that vih, that vav, that connects it, is not simply telling us that these laws are divine, but that he, capital H, Hashem himself, is involved in the process. And now, I would like to share with you a few cases, don't have much time, and I'd like you to discuss them at your table this evening. I'll be honored. So the first case is as follows. Now watch. I have a young man who's in a dormitory in the yeshiva. And he has a friend spending Shabbos with him at the dormitory. Okay, and he has permission to have his friend sleep there. And after eating, they come up to the room, etc. And there's a heater 
on the floor in the room, which the fellow whose room it is, who suffers from cold, uh, put the heater on a Shabbat Sha'on, literally a Shabbos clock. But he failed to tell this to his guest. The guest sees a heater in the middle of the room, it's not on, so what does he know? He takes off his shirt, he's about to get into bed, puts the shirt over the heater, and the next thing we know, in the middle of the night, the heater goes on, the shirt burns, and unfortunately, many other things in the room burn. Baruch Hashem, nobody gets hurt, and now the question is, who is responsible for the things that have been burnt? So, very, very interesting. Rev Zilberstein Schlita, in his second volume of the Harevna, writes that at first glance, listen carefully, both boys are Peturim, both of them, neither of them have to pay. Why? Because this is what is known as a Grumma Benazikin. Grumma Benazikin means, yes, you do damage somebody, but it's indirect as opposed to direct. Namely, at the time that he put his shirt on the heater, no damage was done. And similarly, when he put the Shabbos clock on, in the afternoon before Shabbos, no damage was done. However, now listen to this, this is so unique to Judaism. The Gemara in Hakones in Bavakama teaches us a very fascinating concept, and that is that there is in Jewish law the concept that your potter b'dinayodam, you don't have to pay, the bezdin down here can't force you to pay, but your chayav b'dinay shamayim. But literally upstairs you are considered a mazik, you are considered guilty, and upstairs their level of the judicial system is of a stricter nature, and you are chayav, you are guilty. So once again, I'd like to suggest that the vav, the eila mishpatim, that he is involved in the process very literally, that man to man, you're not chayav, but literally man to God, who's also involved in this process, something which we don't have in our system, or in any other system of law, whereby down here, man to man, they cannot obligate you. But there is that higher level of, let's say, Sudei Shamayim, man to God. The second case that I'd like to deal with you is the following. And you tell me, what would you say in this one? Okay, so Chani, the young mommy, takes her baby to visit Bubby, and they have a wonderful few hours together. Chani goes home, tries to put the baby to sleep. Uh-oh, she can't find the motzates, the pacifier. So, what happens next? Chani calls Safta and says, By chance, did I leave the pacifier by you? And sure enough, Grandma says, Yes, you left the pacifier. Ay ay ay. Grandma can't bring it. She doesn't have a car. And Chani can't go. She can't leave the baby, etc. How do we, what are we supposed to do? So five minutes later, Grandma calls her back and said, ah, I got a great idea. This is what I did. Go down in five, seven minutes. And when the bus stops in front of your house, go to the back of the bus, take the envelope off the back of the bus, and I put the pacifier 
pacifier in the back of the bus. Sure enough, mommy goes down, takes the pacifier off the back of the bus, and baby goes to sleep. Abba comes home from Kolel and says to his wife, how was your day? Fine. Anything special? No? Oh, yes. And she tells him the story about the pacifier in the back of the bus. He laughs, as everybody would, hearing this story. And then he says, wait a minute. Do we owe the bus company for transporting the pacifier? I'm curious to hear what your response to be would be in this case. All I can say is how proud we are. Ashrenu matov chelkenu. That we not only have a judicial system, but a judicial system that, thank God, he, with a capital H, is an integral part thereof. Shabbat Shalom to all.